jar and I couldn't get it out. <laughs> I could get. I had to put butter all around oh, it man. to like get my hand out. It's of like it that all. episode of Full House where she gets her head stuck in the, in the <laughs> stair set and they have to put butter in it. Oh yeah, oh, it was yeah. Ju- it was just like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're back. Hey, oh hey, hey, <laughs> hey, how's everyone doing? Welcome to the Take Forty Three podcast. My name is Aaron Colborn. My name is Aaron Colborn. Um, just, I don't. I don't think that's correct. Sorry. Let me check with my guy. Uh, but I don't oh, think. I think I'm Aaron Colborn. You're right. I'm Drew. <laughs> uh, so we are going to uh, continue our series on jump seat today. Uh, we've done yeah. a few episodes. We talked about kind of the different uh, parts of the process. Uh, today we're going to specifically talk to our colorist Trent Powelson, and we're going to wrap it up after that. And then we're going to wrap it up. No after more that. jump seat. No more jump seat. This is it. But yeah. we will have some information at the end of episode on how you guys will eventually be able to see the film since we've talked about it yes. you know ad nauseum pretty much yep. um but without further ado should we just jump in and uh, give trent a holler let's give trent a call we've been talking to him so much about business it'll be nice to yeah. just talk to him about more as business. a human being yeah more <laughs> business <laughs> all right let's do it all right all right hey trent how's it going man what's up buddy Doing good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. good. So Trent, you are a colorist. We've worked with you on on our previous film, and then you worked on Jump Seat with us as well. But you are a colorist. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I, I don't think a lot of people really understand. Um, I, I I think colorist is one of the uh, post production jobs that that people kind of at our level probably work with like the mm-hmm. least. Right. Um, but yeah. In 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 doing so, since we've done it the last couple of movies, I've realized how important. It is. Absolutely. Um, so I think where we want to start off is, is just kind of like what, what got you started into wanting to, to get into filmmaking? Um, you know, who, who inspired you or what inspired you? Cool. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, well, like with filmmaking, I would say, and this, this is kind of a basic answer, but I, you know, I am in my twenties. So I would say probably, like some of the first films I watched that got me into filmmaking were like Christopher Nolan movies. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think my favorite one of those was the prestige. Oh, prestige um, and so that good. one, like, yeah, I, I still love that movie. I mean, yeah. Say what you want about Christopher Nolan, but prestige yeah. Is good. Oh, I mean the, 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 the structure, I mean, you know, not talking even about like yeah. picture quality, like the structure of the prestige is incredible. I think it's one of his best movies. Absolutely. Remind me prestige is the magician movie. That's the magician where, one. Yeah. Where they have, yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah. I don't say anymore, it's, but yeah, it has, a, <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to get too off topic, but my wife and I watched that yeah. for the first time about a year ago. Oh, for real? Blew our minds. Oh, it's a total, it incredible. It's, it's a total mind blower. I, I think you, you could argue that it's his best film. I think the most like, I would say, I was, I always say that. But yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, everything, it, he has his failings in other ways, but um, but I think he nails everything in, in The Prestige. Yeah. That among, like, I mean, I grew up on, like, you know, Star Wars and you oh, know, too. sci-fi, yeah. that yeah. type of stuff. So I, I grew up on the prequels. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. as did I. But feel free to talk about as much Star Wars as you'd like. That's right. Yeah, that's I'm, oh, yeah. I'm more. I'm a little bit older, so I was more of like an original trilogy guy. Which is yeah, cool. exactly. But I, have, I mean, I, I absolutely yeah. But but I definitely appreciate the prequels for what they are these days, much more yeah. than I used to. <laughs> you know, uh, I appreciate them more now. I feel like even definitely, <laughs> definitely, yeah. They've they've become a little more like we still know there's plenty of problems with them. They've become a little more endearing That's in right. later years, totally. especially yeah. like the prequel prequel memes and stuff like that. Is totally like kind of 
Well, yeah. as young Anakin once said, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So yeah, Christopher Nolan, Star Wars. Um, I guess. Yeah, which it's funny that I wouldn't say those are like my influences now, but that was like sure. the origins. You know, that's what got me into it. And then I, I loved like comic books as a kid. So mm-hmm. that got me into like visual sort of art. I loved drawing. I liked doing all that. And so. Right, right. Very cool. So I'm curious then, like you bringing up comic books do you think because it was kind of my next question is so you you also do cinematography but um but Mm -hmm. for how we've known you it's mainly been colorist did comic books because you know with all their big vibrant colors do you think that maybe had an influence on why you wanted to become a colorist um yeah i think well my like colorist journey is interesting like how i first started because i never like set out to become a colorist you Uh, know i just kind of like stumbled into it and I, i didn't even know what like a colorist was uh you know like when i first got into filmmaking so i i was wanting to do like cinematography which i think goes with like the comic book thing a little bit more you totally, know? yeah um, but yeah i think it definitely bleeds in now like um because yeah like I, I got into cinematography and then like through that got into color i guess and i think yeah now when i'm like coloring things that that's definitely something that comes to mind i guess especially like with with uh something like jump seat where it is very much just like pure color right know? right yeah we'll get into that in a little bit we've got some questions actually based on that totally. but yeah. as, as a cinematographer myself like you're still doing cinematography now or are you kind of strictly like niching yourself into the colorist corner which i mean that's great if you can do that <laughs> yeah so um i kind of made the decision like a few years ago that like and, and this was like with the help of some other like mentors i guess but uh like i actually um i guess we're not to include this but one of my like professors was like she was one of the like cam ops on spider-man too and like oh, so it's kind of interesting talking to like people like that about like what they thought a better career path would be for mm-hmm. example like color versus cinematography like and uh, she she told me and I, I agreed that like color was more of a niche like thing or mm-hmm. niche thing like um there's not really a ton of colorists out there but right. like, there are definitely a ton of like photographers and dps right um, a little bit better on the supply so, and demand side of things totally yeah, yeah I, do, I do still yeah i do still dp though um kind of on the side and i usually it's just like personal stuff mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do that with color too. So, <laughs> Very cool. but uh, yeah. I do a ton of photography. That's kind of where that has kind of manifested. I would say is like, I do a lot of film photography. Um, and when I do digital, I try and really like mess with the colors, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty, pretty prolific on, on Instagram with this. Yeah. I mean, you post like series of stuff, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it seems like multiple times a day and yeah. And I've seen what you mm-hmm. do, like playing with different colors and different kind of processes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's fun uh, to experiment. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. that realm. And, and I've noticed as far as like the subjects you like to do, you, 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 seem to really like to do like very reality based mm-hmm. photography. You know, a lot of people do, mm-hmm. you know, portraits or kind of like, you know, cool, like, uh, you know, product photography stuff. Your stuff tends to be very, um, like, like I said, very reality based. Yeah. Um, I think like later on or like maybe more recently, I've been more interested in like documentary photography. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I, it just is like a term. Like I wouldn't consider all of my stuff documentary photography, but um, in fact, like a, there was like a recent thing I posted. It was like kind of a red and cyan or like teal and orange looking um, some like cityscapes. Yeah, those and, are actually really cool. I like those. Yeah, and the it's funny they were talking about comic books early because those I'm I, I'm trying to kind of go around and like get inspiration for some visual. Um, like out this is outside of like color or anything but like um just for some personal like illustration stuff i'm doing Mm -hmm. um so using like that as reference will be really fun i think what do you find to be like the most challenging part of being a colorist because i know when i'm shooting i have something in mind of what i want it to look like in the end i'm sure once you get that onto your computer there's all kinds of things that we don't even think of Mm -hmm. in production so what are a couple of those things yeah um i think just off the top of my head um i think one of the more challenging parts is probably when you're working with like a director like collaborators who just don't know what they want or like who don't know how to communicate with the colorist Mm -hmm. um it's not always a problem sometimes people know how to express themselves well enough I, know, and I, I definitely want to talk about this a little, a little bit later because I do I do have some, oh, some feelings about that for sure. Yeah. And this isn't even about you guys because you guys knew what you wanted, you know. So That's like true. even hard I'm getting it across to you at, at times. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm like I could tell from the images like when I got them what you wanted. Right, right. Whereas, you know, um I've colored things it, it usually happens with like ad work, I would say, where it's like mm the person doesn't really care about the color, honestly, and you can tell. And so they're just, but they also like have some idealized version of what they want this to look like in their head. They right. just don't know what that means. So they'll send you like a bunch of conflicting references, basically like, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind <laughs> of hard like, to parse okay. that out. Yeah. Yeah. You're like all opposite so images like, yeah. and coloring palettes and they're like yeah can you put that together for us mm-hmm. totally. yeah, yeah yeah you definitely have to have so. a, a pretty like clear picture of i mean filmmaking is so much in so many different ways it's all about like expectations and so to try and meet yeah. somebody's expectations you have to have a pretty good idea of what they what they want and there's a lot of people yeah. that are not very good at expressing what they want <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah totally yeah yeah what on like a technical um, like a technical level like if you got something and you looked totally. at it and you're like this is going to be hard what does that look like <laughs> Yeah, so a few of, like, the big problems I run into, like, technically are, like, noise, um, like, things just being way too dark. Yeah. Like, you know, someone, <laughs> there's, like, this meme I saw a while back where it's, like, you know, the, the they'll send you a reference for, like, Blade Runner or something, you know, and it's, like, color like Blade Runner, and then you'll get the, uh, like, clips and the waveforms, like, down at zero. Like, right. <laughs> crazy like you would be surprised what you can pull out of images like that but like you're really limited in kind of like you can't do really um any localized adjustments that are very specific just because like the image starts to break apart right so you're really limited to just like exposure and like xmf files versus raw files (laughs) sort of it's it's much worse than that actually but yeah right yeah yeah for sure Um, Right. Yeah. Do you so ever that's get an issue? Do you ever get anybody that sends you, you know, like like iPhone footage they expect you to work miracles with? I'm trying to think. I've definitely. I, it's been a while since I've colored anything that's like, but like my old job. So yeah, my old job, for example, uh, I worked on like reality stuff, mm-hmm. 
and I was like an assistant colorist and it's like, and it's shot on like, you know, five or six different cameras. And some of the cameras are just (laughs) like (laughs) the quality, the image quality is not there. And to match that to like higher end Panasonic, like, you know, over the shoulder or whatever cameras um, is definitely a challenge. And so I think, yeah, like I remember one movie I worked on, um, there was like, Oh, and this happens all the time, actually. Um, but there's like an iPhone shot in the middle of it and nobody noticed. <laughs> so, right. you know, like it happens and people like, you know, as long as you know, like what you're doing, I think it's fine. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. <laughs> I was actually watching uh, just the other weekend. Uh, I was watching the Matrix movies and, you know, and they were, you know, obviously very well produced. Some of the kind of coolest looking movies we've had in the, you know, the past 30 years. Totally. And, but, but I was keeping my eye, you know, this is post jump seat. And so I was still very much in filmmaker <laughs> mode rather than just like viewer mode. Yep. And so I was like really paying attention to a lot of that stuff especially because you know you know you look at the films you make and and you know being the director being very closely involved in the production like you know every single problem like stuff that nobody else yeah. will even notice yep. and <laughs> and so i started kind of like watching the matrix with that eye instead of just a normal viewer eye and there were several places where there are these quick shots that when you pay attention are clearly mm-hmm. very, very different looking yeah. than the rest of them. Like yeah. there's a quick shot of, you know, Keanu doing a somersault or whatever. And like the oh, greens yeah. were completely different. It was much <laughs> fuzzier looking like it, was, but like never, never noticed that. I've watched the movie a million times. I've never seen that before. Yeah. That's because when they originally came out too, the quality was much worse. So that's now. true. <laughs> that's true. But I mean like the shots on either side of it were much better. For it's sure. just like this one yeah. insert shot that I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could, yeah, you can either tell it's like a reshoot that they were trying right. to match, you know, yeah, or yeah. like, yeah, they just forgot to get that shot. It got at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> totally. All these problems when back in the day in like the late nineties, early two thousands with green screen coloring, like, mm-hmm. cause it would reflect uh, onto sure. the skin tones. Yeah. Right. And I'm right. sure you can speak to this too, Trent, but you know, you, yep. you'll see a lot. Anytime you're, you're using green screen back in the day, it's a lot easier to tell because definitely, like, yeah, they definitely. Are, they're fully green in the face. Yeah. I even noticed a lot of like VFX stuff like that, just cause I feel like, I'm no VFX artist, but like, I guess you just sort of get an eye for it, you know, like you can see what things people have drawn on the screen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably, the best VFX I've ever seen is the Scorpion King. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Would also be my, my reference as well. Yeah. The rock, rock, like CG model. Oh my God. He looks like a rock. (laughs) I saw that in the theater. I was like, Oh, and even in like 19, was it 1998? or something like yeah. that even i was like holy shit <laughs> you're like that's we're not so quite bad. there yet <laughs> that doesn't work that doesn't work okay well uh let, let's move on let's keep talking about process so so uh someone's hired you for a job um they come to you they they give you all the footage you know what what's what's kind of the first thing you do what's the first thing you feel like you need to accomplish um usually i mean before i even open a project you know i just I want to know that they like have a direction, which is kind of what I was talking about earlier, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I like to at least lay the groundwork creatively to where like, you know, like uh, originally with us, you know, when you were still working on the edit, it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, could you send me any references, color references you have, right. um, be it from movies or photography or really anything, you know? Um, like I had one person send me like the screen painting once and I was like, so thrilled to get something like that you know yeah that's cool that's cool <laughs> um so yeah like uh i'll start out with that and then once you know there's been a little bit of whole <laughs> project and get everything like conformed into my program um 
and well that has then, speaking of that has to be kind of a yeah, challenge yeah. as well coming like, like we had to deal with you know i'm on a <laughs> mac you're on a pc i'm working in premiere and we shot with prores raw which we found out doesn't mm. work in davinci and Ugh. so so like that has to be, i mean everybody's coming at you with different things so they're I imagine a decent chunk of the beginning process is just figuring out how to even yeah, work with it, right? That is true. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking more creative angle. Yeah, if we're thinking technically, yeah, then there's always like the conversation, like, what did you shoot on? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, all that type of stuff. I, I'm blanking, like, what other questions I would ask. But <laughs> well, so let me ask. Um, yeah, you, so like, I was saying, let me yeah. ask you this. So, how did you color our ProRes RAW files? Then <laughs> did you get a Mac? The well, so Aaron rendered out um, a different version. Like I can't remember. It was it was a, it was an XMF. Out. It was like a, a ProRes four 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 four, but wrapped so in an XMF really... XMF file for you. So it had all yeah. the um, all the the data that a raw file would have, yeah. but it was a form you could work with it in. And so it was completely yeah. lossless. So we had everything we needed still. So did it come from the XMF card, or did it come from the raw? No, so uh, solid state. So what I had to do, raw. yeah, oh, cool. okay. what I had to do in Premiere is That's is do cool. a render and replace with all my clips. Gotcha. Um, that would just render just the edited clips I had um, with some handle on either side into the version that Trent could use to color. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's, a, it's a pretty, it's kind of a hard process. And I it's been a big that. learning curve for me as <laughs> I well. I missed that part of the, yeah. the process. Oh, yeah, I can see why. It's all under the table. <laughs> yeah. <that's right>. Don't <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, we don't want anybody to know. Yeah, it all went perfectly. <laughs> super easy. Everything is fine. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's like file types and all that folder yeah. structures and whatnot. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. The exciting um, stuff. But but yeah, you're saying creatively as well. Um, so once you've kind of like uh, talked to the director and or DP and and kind of figured out their direction, yeah, then like yeah. where do you, where do you go from there? Um, yeah, and then I I will usually like try and send back some of my own references just uh, so that I can get on the same page, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, after that, and after like we've kind of gone over any technical issues we foresee and like all that type of stuff, then usually I'll like either me or the director will pick out like some hero shots in the film, you know, mm-hmm. um, like just some of like, you know, depending on how long the film is, maybe like 10 different shots from one from each scene. Right. Um, and then I'll just color grade those while. At the same time, I'll, I'll be doing like a primary pass on the entire film. Mm-hmm. So like making everything just look kind of normal, taking it from. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. I was actually, yeah. I actually meant to ask that or I'm going to put that in yeah. my list of questions is like the difference between like correcting and grading. Right. So you kind of, yeah. you kind of go through and do a, a correcting pass first before worrying about like the, like the look of it, getting it to like the right exposure mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm like, so out of order, I guess oh, you're fine. Um, but you're fine. <laughs> you'll have fun editing this. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I will start with like a primary correction, um, which is basically, yeah, just, you know, getting your black levels matching, getting like your saturation, your white balance, mm-hmm. exposure, contrast, basically making the image look like true to life, I would say. Right. And then, getting it all to match with like sort of a secondary pass. Um, so yeah, you go through and like passes, at least that's how I and those colors I know do it. Um, just so that you're not like focused too much on one shot, you know, it's right. like you're, you're going over this as an entire thing multiple times. So 
by the end, everything's going to be smoothly matching. You're not focused too much on any one sequence. Right. Um, yeah. Cause your brain can then, start looking at something one way and then it totally. kind of molds. I've, I've, I'm not even a professional colorist and I've, I've yeah. seen that happen in my own edit. Same, you can get off on your own path <laughs> yeah. so quickly and then you don't realize until uh, you go back and look at the early stuff and like, Whoa, why did I go so much more green? Like yeah. progressively as I got further down the line <laughs> or yeah. whatever. It's yeah. like your brain changes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Seriously. And then, and then at that same time, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll be sending like, you know, um, look options over to like the director and DP. So like, um, usually I'll give like the primary along with three other, uh, look options that kind of go in different directions based on the references I was given. Mm. And we'll just kind of narrow it down from there, um, to what we're wanting exactly. That's really cool. So I want to get into Da Vinci now because, cool. That was new for me because you and I and Aaron, we all sat down and for like four or five hours on a Zoom meeting and, and you shared your screen with us. And I've seen DaVinci, I've seen people use it, but the way you were using it was, was really cool uh, with like <laughs> node-based coloring and stuff. Like I've you explained it to us, so it made a lot of sense. Whereas if you're just watching it, you have no idea yeah, what's like, going what on. What is all this garbage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really, really cool though. So I want to get into node-based coloring in a second, but first off, why do you like using DaVinci? What is it about DaVinci that just it works for you um well for yeah i mean first of all i've never even really colored anything in any other program besides like you know premiere but uh right. I, I mean resolve or I, so it's kind of funny this, this is just kind of like tangent but uh there's like I, this joke that i make sometimes with other colorists like you can tell when somebody's a colorist when they call it resolve and not da vinci oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really so weird. we just it's added like ourselves for sure so <laughs> resolve <laughs> huh? resolve yeah. right <laughs> i mean so, so I'm yeah, I, I, why do you like using resolve yeah <laughs> no, yeah, yeah you got to put that in the podcast right. <laughs> um, that's pretty funny but yeah just so you know i'm not like yeah if i switch between the two okay but oh, i like good. using <laughs> But yeah, I like DaVinci Resolve because uh, it really is like industry standard right. um, for color grading anyways. So that just off the bat. And then Resolve itself, oh, I mean, I love Resolve, honestly. Like I I wish that everybody would switch everything to Resolve <laughs> right, as far yeah. as like editing. Because uh, at least for me, when I would work on like personal projects, um, you know, it's so nice to just be able to like, have maybe it's not the most developed in some areas but like have one program that really captures everything mm -hmm. and is constantly being like upgraded yeah. with really good solid upgrades like they they're constantly getting input from um like company three top you know top of the line colorists about like how to improve yeah yeah it's their it, product it's it's a great it program it's very responsive um i've yeah. i've toyed oh, it's so powerful yeah it really is i've toyed a lot with like I've, I've wanted to switch over to editing and resolve uh for years and i just need to get off my can and just try and do it yeah. <laughs> but but what i've what i've worked with with it is has been it's, it's very responsive it's very fast um yeah. and i also really like one of the things i wish that adobe would do is actually just mix after effects and premiere into one program and that's kind of that's kind of what what resolve has done like it, it has you know the multiple yeah. tabs yeah everything's kind of like everything's has their you know uh has their uh, different spaces for for um like 
initial editing, like assembly cuts and then tighter editing and then uh, yeah. graphics and color. And they've laid it out really, really well. It's a very like robust mm-hmm. program. And you know, the, the light version is free and you can still do a lot totally. with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the, the free versions, like at least as far as color goes, I don't really use the other parts of the program that much, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as color goes, you know, you, you get like 80, percent to 90 percent of the you, you literally just miss out on noise reduction and like glow effects and whatnot like right, random right. plugins basically so and that's not like that big of a deal so yeah for being such a powerful coloring tool the fact that you can do like you said 80 to 90 percent of it for free yeah it's pretty yeah. huge and i you can tell they're they, they're clearly making a push to be it you know to yeah. be the, the program <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah i was gonna say like uh and and like the studio version is one-time payment of three hundred dollars you know so oh, that's it like <laughs> yeah oh that's <laughs> Where, really cheap that's like that's Adobe, like a half a month subscription. yeah that's a half it's... a month <laughs> uh, so i want to get into node-based coloring dude like i i'm, I'm anxious cool. about it i'm super anxious about <laughs> node-based coloring because we were talking All about right. we were talking about it before we called you and we were talking about like the spider web and like how it layers and it was just really cool it was just really really yeah cool. so yeah uh Node-based coloring, it's like, um, for those who are familiar, I guess, it's basically a node is like an adjustment layer in Photoshop, sort of, um, where, so you'll have your first node, and it has like an input and an output, and basically anything you do on that node um, will then be output onto the next node. So... So it's like a cumulative um, thing. So you're just adding stuff yeah. on. Okay. But yeah, but it is nice though, because then you can go back and, and uh, it's as, as opposed to layers where it's like you read it from top to bottom, nodes are left to right. Um, so when you uh, add a node, it like appears to the right. Um, right. It kind of looks like, like, yeah. like a flow chart, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a spider web sort of eventually. <laughs> if you right. Enough. Yeah. Right. Um, and different people have different like, like I just have a base node structure that I kind of like slap onto everything so that like I don't have to just kind of like a quick really start sort of thing. Yeah, it's like a template basically where like um, I have an exposure node, a noise reduction node, a saturation, white balance, con- like all those are already separated for me. Because if you do everything on one node, and this is the nice thing about it, like um, what I do is I separate like different ideas basically I have onto different nodes. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Once I start, like when I'm in the pro- like color correction process, um, then yeah, it's like, okay, this this specific node is for exposure. This specific node is for saturation, this specific node. And so it's really easy then to go back later if you want to change uh, the exposure, you know, right, right. you have your exposure node. Um, you can do that. So that's one nice thing is it's really good for like keeping things organized. Right. And then, yeah, once you're starting to get more creative, then it's and into like color grading territory. And then it's like, okay, well, I want to do this. So I'm just going to do that on this node. And then you'll label it like, you know, blank. Uh, so, right. Yeah. Wait, so it's, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. One of the things you did that I thought was really cool is uh, where you're able to kind of like isolate individual elements. Like, like yeah. I, you just want to change like this one particular color or, or like mm-hmm. uh, the, like the highlights or, or whatever. And you kind of have a, an individual node for that stuff as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wish on paper cutter uh, that, that live session would have made out of the best example. My, my node structure went super organized, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, it's not always perfect, but it yeah, never like is. usually filmmaking so yeah. messy. <laughs> yeah, totally. There's so much just like tape holding everything up behind the scenes. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, Sometimes right literally. Yeah. I think the reason yeah, I was, I think the reason I was to. fascinated with it was just because I'm so used to seeing like uh, adjustment layers stacked directly on top of each other. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this was a case where they were kind of everywhere, but they're still organization. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, it's, and it's nice because you can rearrange them to like um, have a certain effect apply underneath another one or like before oh, right. another one takes place before that. So, for example, like I always do my noise reduction first mm-hmm. because then it allows me to pull cleaner keys later on down oh. the pipeline, if that makes sense. Because then you don't have noise. So, yeah. That actually totally makes sense because I've done that like in After Effects before where um, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull a key and it's coming out really crappy because of all the, the noise. And so sometimes yeah. what I've done is I'll apply... Uh, a noise reduction but then i need to like render out another full uh, like a full <laughs> yeah. resolution clip to then yep. key on so that's really nice because it doesn't really work uh in, in after effects that way if i just apply the noise reduction and then try and key it it doesn't yeah. see it i don't think it really sees the noise reduction right so you have to like yeah. yeah you have to bake it in but so with with the node stuff you can you can noise reduce and then uh, it the the keying will will see that noise reduction uh-huh oh that's yeah. cool yeah that's really cool or it'll just be on top of it yeah it's like it's like a layer basically but it's like uh you know reading the input and output from each node before huh. it sort of that's cool it seems yeah it seems very like very flexible yeah yeah totally All right, well, let's, let's jump into into jump jump seat a little bit. Let's jump into <laughs> let's the jump, jump seat. The jump seat. Um, so yeah, we're not going to get super super duper in the weeds, but there's a few things that, that we do want to talk about that I think were a little bit unique to jump seat. So the the main thing is like it's a dark movie. We shot it to be dark, and it, as opposed to like accidentally you know underexposing everything. Um, so it's it's a dark movie um, stylistically. Um, for you, you know how was. And it's very colorful. How how was this different from uh, other other projects for you? And like, what challenges did that present? I mean, like looking back now, I think the biggest challenge was actually just like simplifying for me, right? <laughs> and I'm sure you you saw this was like because uh, <clears throat> a lot of the stuff I've worked on lately has been like we really want you to push this image right break this image even maybe um which isn't like normal but i i feel like that's maybe becoming more of a thing now where people are wanting to kind of break their images digitally oh really (laughs) i i think i mean yeah i think i'll just go off on this tangent for a sec but like i think about like film grain you know and that originally wasn't something desirable Right, right and uh now i think we're getting into territory of like people are wanting to experiment with like digital noise even Mm. and like just artifact like weird stuff like that at least and i i really enjoy that because it's like i feel like it's something creatively that's not being experimented with a lot you know so right anyways that's always fun so with jump seat it was basically just like you guys basically shot it how you wanted it to look Mm. and my job was like um enhance this basically and enhance and clean i think because yeah 
yeah enhance this clean it up kind of like direct the attention yeah like yeah and you know i was gonna talk about this next but maybe this would be a good place to kind of in, incorporate it because in in our like our initial conversations i think is one of the challenges that that we had as as a team when we were going through the the post process was um was trying to get us all on the same page and i, I think mm -hmm. as a style like i'm a i'm a post person so i know when i when somebody hands me a project i kind of want them to say like okay here's here's my project um you know do your magic i'll I'll leave you alone um, while you work on this and then come back to me. And so I think that's how I approached it with you as I kind of handed it to you and I said, okay, I want to see what you come up with first before I give you much in the way of, of guidelines. And yeah. in, in, in a way I still like that approach, but I think in this mm -hmm. case, it, it, it caused us more delays than necessary because while Drew and I, I think we're pretty sure, like, you know, we shot with these colors, these are the colors we want. We kind of let you go yeah. off on, on a, on a tangent and kind of come back to us with different ideas when we were already pretty sure of, of what we wanted, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I don't, like, I always appreciate being able to do my own thing, you know, so uh, right. it's, it's definitely good that we have the time to, like, go through that phase, you know? Like, right. usually the deadlines are a lot tighter, but right. when you have the time to, then, yeah, it's, it, it is nice to, like the time to mess up i guess <laughs> right right yeah yeah i wanted to see i wanted to see you know what you would come up with first like i said without kind of any of mm -hmm. my guidelines but i think totally. in the future my i would probably approach it a little bit differently right and yeah, oh, yeah, and, yeah. yeah come come around and say like okay here's like these these are the colors we shot with like we want these colors and we would just want you to you know bring them out better than i can you know <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, which you did say originally, you know, and I had that in the back of my head, but mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> As a DP, yeah. let me ask you this. What was something that I could have done on set differently to make, you know, your color grading mm -hmm. process easier? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I will say one thing that you did really well. I'll, start, I'll, I'll give you a pro and a con. There we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I always, that. Yeah. I always love when a scene is shot, like, with consistent lighting and you would think that wouldn't be as big of a problem as it is, but it's so, so nice to be able to just like copy your correction across an entire scene and not have to like go into mm. each clip and yeah. cool. do a ton of matching, you know, like, uh, obviously I'm not going to match a little bit just cause like the camera, you know, the lights hitting the lens differently, whatever. Right. But you know, it's pretty much done. So that's nice. Yeah. Using um, like consistent color temperatures and, and, yep. and color, color of lights and stuff like that. Yeah. We, we stylized yeah. everything, but I also, when we were doing alt angles for like over the shoulders, like everything was just mirrored like by distance and, yep. and by eye, I mean, obviously, but that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Cool. I'm glad that's great. Good work. Drew. Yeah. Thanks, man. Part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, here's where you start. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I really, I was really happy with the footage. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I, I might just say something more general. Sorry, Drew, I can't call you out specifically. Well, uh, Drew has plenty of faults, and I can list them. One, <laughs> I can call out a fault from the footage. Like, oh, let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it. Through the whole thing. Um, that's the thing. I'm sure if I were to think about it, yeah. but I, I'm on the spot here. <laughs> any time in, any time you're shooting in low light, and we're in L cine mode, and then we're shooting in raw it's noisy mm -hmm. as hell. Like, yeah, I mean, you're not, and there was no way to adjust an ISO because you're in El Cine mode on mm -hmm. that FX6. So I did as much research as I could, but then we did so many test shots. So many. Cause we knew yeah. we could pull, like, it's easy to get rid of. Like you can get rid of it a hundred percent and you did. Totally. It doesn't justify the quality of the image at all. But that to me is an extra step in your process. Yeah. And it's just like, mm -hmm. if I could have gotten yeah. rid of that, I totally would have. 
it might have helped boost the shadows a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But I mean, and that, yeah, that was Maybe. one of the first things I said to you when I gave you the footage. I'm like, look, we know it's noisy because it's bringing yeah. those since it's a flat <laughs> yeah. profile. It's bringing those those it's blacks way, way, way up. up. I'm yeah. like, like, it's going to look really noisy at first. But trust me, when you crush those blacks, it'll come out clean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, but I, I can I can imagine the fear that a colorist yeah. might feel <laughs> seeing yeah. that initially. Well, <laughs> the hell is this? The reason I don't bring that up honestly is because I'm thinking of a project I worked on earlier this year where it was like one of those. We want you to make this look like uncut gems, right? But <laughs> the room that we shot this in is like pitch black. Yeah, <laughs> and so and it was shot on like a red, which reds terrible in the noise. Is, yeah, can be can be really bad to get out. Um, so. And uh, compared to that, jumpsuit is like nothing in a noise wise. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I put <laughs> yeah. noise reduction on pretty much anything I work on um, to limited, or to, sorry, not limited to, uh, like I put, put it on in various amounts, but right. I wouldn't say I had to like really pump it into jumpsuit that much. That's so. good. That's yeah. cool. It was um, definitely it a balance. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely balanced trying to like get it dark without like, getting it too dark <laughs> yeah and then yeah, we knew totally. uh we knew you were going to be our colorist so we knew mm -hmm. before shooting it that we could get rid of it and it yeah. was mm -hmm. and that being said about low light and those issues nothing against red i just said that they are terrible in low light but i'm a huge fan of red <laughs> yeah but well like we got, some are we, better than others like the raven oh Wii, yeah yeah, yeah the raven Wii's not paper cutter terrible. we had, had some just problems lower with low light camera. but like the gemini yeah. looks incredible Absolutely. like we shot a, a, a nature documentary about some bugs out in the forest in mm -hmm. arizona oh, wow. and we had a gemini and it was amazing looking <laughs> Yeah. Well, and yeah, most of the music video that I'm talking about looked great. And the DP knew he was like, Hey, uh, these two scenes are terrible. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love some honesty at least, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause we've worked together for a while, so you know, he he knows. <laughs> so we've got we've got jump seat all wrapped up now, which is great. I know it's a load off of my mind. Hopefully it is off of uh, both of your guys' as well. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so but like so what's next? Like where are you where are you planning on going from here? So you're I guess you kinda of talked earlier that you know you've picked uh, you know, coloring as kind of like your career path. Um, are you going to keep yeah, doing cinematography? Like what, what is the, what is the future looking like for you? Yeah. I mean, long-term, I mean, obviously it's hard to know what's going to happen, but a uh, long-term, the sort of loose goal is yeah, obviously to keep doing color for however long, but also like through color to kind of build those relationships with people to where in the future I can DP more, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. uh, yeah, and so continuing to DP on the side so that I can keep that skill up for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, then as far as like just color goes, uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of plugging along with what I'm doing. I've got some consistent clients right now, so that's good. That's always nice. It's um, good. Would you, would you prefer to stay in like a, in a filmmaking uh, mode or are you, do you think yeah. like commercial work to bring in the money and filmmaking for happiness? <laughs> <laughs> um let's see yeah i feel like it's been interesting lately because uh i've been getting more commercial work mm -hmm. um and i i'm by no means like a big time colorist right <laughs> right uh, yeah none of us are big time at what too. we do yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally disclaimer to anyone listening uh, but <laughs> no i i uh i'm still pretty small potatoes but i you know i worked on like a makeup thing the other week um i work on music videos and I, I don't love working on ad stuff as most film people would probably agree just because it feels a bit like heartless, but like, right. it, it does pay much better than anything else usually. For so, sure. 
and and add stuff generally is shot really well so for a colorist that's all you can ask for really right <laughs> right like the the uh main my main gig well i guess like my my most consistent client is a comedy club so i color all their like online comedy stuff so oh cool yeah so there's fun. like yeah, there's a variety, and it's just like stage stand up. It's very like simple. Is it is it wise guys? Um, it's dry bar comedy. Oh, okay. If you've heard oh. of them in Provo. Yeah, so I've got all their hard drives up here <laughs> oh. in my closet. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I mean, they're. I wish I could show you guys right now. I'm looking at them. There's about uh, thirty to forty of them. Holy smokes! Four terabyte hard drives. Yeah. Time for time, friend for those guys to invest in a NAS. Yeah, really. <laughs> they have a server. Yeah, they just uh, for color. It's a just dump it onto a drive. That for makes you. sense. Yeah, that's a process all in itself that we don't have to get into. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> hey, but yeah. speaking of getting into, what would you? Uh, you know, advice wise, what would you give to anyone trying to get into this industry? I mean, it's a, yeah. not just cinematography, but colorist specifically, because mm -hmm. it's, it's a cool job and it's, and it's really it is, it's yeah. special to it. it literally can make or break a show or a film. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, for, I mean, yeah, for color specifically, I would say, you know, get into cinematography, honestly, because obviously colorists aren't on set usually, um, or like, you know doing camera stuff but like for me i i went into school for cinematography and like having that as a knowing how to communicate with a dp and a director and having been on set and doing all that stuff has been so beneficial as far as color goes i mean i know everybody says this but like youtube tutorials i still watch youtube tutorials yeah, all the time absolutely yeah, uh, yeah i think we great. all do yeah. and like they cover like you know they cover more than you could ever i i watch youtube tutorials sometimes and i'm like i don't even need to know this like <laughs> they cover more than you could ever need to know like right um sometimes and so yeah i would definitely recommend that as well and for me um photography as i said earlier like yeah just training your eye i guess yeah getting the angle and training the eye yeah, yeah. and, and do, um, doing it on a little smaller canvas than a than a full yeah. like a full video piece you know it was like kind of I mean, focusing yeah. on one image i was photo editing long before i was coloring you know like i mm -hmm. i knew what color grading was in that sense because i've been using lightroom for years but right uh, so yeah once like if you're doing that already then you already kind of have the you already know exposure contrast you already know all the basics i guess Right, right. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, it really. Is. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's, uh, it you know, photography, you know, you, you do one image and then moving on to video, like, you understand, like, oh, okay, it's just 24 yeah, of moving. these. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And really with colored, you're really coloring still images. I mean, you, right. you watch through it, obviously, but, like, you're not coloring as it's moving. Well, so people, the, people get, like, confused sometimes and they're like, do you color frame by frame? And it's like, <laughs> uh, clip by clip by clip. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't have that long to work on this project. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're working with yeah. a decent cinematographer, you hopefully shouldn't have yeah. massive changes in the middle of a shot. <laughs> Lights yeah. just flaring. Yeah, or, if there, or if there is, it's planned for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, that's great, man. Well, thanks, thanks for talking to us. Yeah, um, man, thank you. But yeah. before we like fully head out, like, let's talk about you. Where can people find you? Uh, you're, like I said, your, your photography is pretty prolific on Instagram. So, uh, yeah. Where can people find your work? Yeah. Um, I've, I have my Instagram at Trent Pow. It's Trent P O W. Um, I also have a colorist Instagram that's linked on that one. It's Trent Powelson.colorist. That was uh, the most confusing just, thing for me, by the way, for yeah, like two I, years. I yeah. was like, wait, 
I thought I had Trent online. No, shit. Wait, I did. No, I don't have Trent online. <laughs> Wait, is this a fake account? No. <laughs> fake account. Yeah, uh, somebody spoofing Trent. Yeah. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll link... I have it in the bio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My professional works. My we'll, personal work. <laughs> we'll put those in the uh, the description as yeah. well so people can find you. Yep. And check yeah, out your so work. like... I mean, I have a website, but uh, I have not updated in a while, so I'm not even going to update Oh, that. so say we all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on my website. <laughs> I, you should start I mean, a podcast. It's, uh, it's got all my 2018 projects on it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, yeah, it's always something, man. It's That's the, the part of this industry that we don't talk about is behind everything that we're doing and talking about yeah. here. There's a thousand other things. Well, that's on. the thing. That's I, mean, everyone too, I totally. mean, you know, being creative people, you, know, you you do start a lot of things that, you know, then you get, <laughs> then you get uh, interested in something else and you move on to that yeah. and you kind of like leave the other project behind yeah. a little bit. I mean, we all yeah, have a hundred you know, projects we started and have never finished. And that's just, I mean, that's, yeah. part, that's part of the process too. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. I'm glad that's universal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. We're feeling it too over here. For well, sure. Dude, thank you again so much. It's yeah. nice to chat with you outside of a yeah, city. Totally. And, yeah. and let's uh mm-hmm. let's hang out sometime. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Cool. And absolutely. then and then uh, our next movie, hopefully a feature. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well let's bring oh, you yeah. on for a production for that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah we should. Absolutely. Awesome, buddy. Thank you All so right. much for your time. Thanks, Trent. Man. Appreciate you, man. Great. Yeah. All right, bye. Talk to you soon. Dude, he's awesome. Yeah, that was great. It's cool to like chat with him outside of just like a, a work setting. It, it, it totally is. Yeah, because yeah, he's doing work stuff. He's usually pretty focused in on that. Yeah. But yeah, the couple times where I just kind of chatted with him, like he's a good dude. Yeah, like, and he's, I, I love watching him improve. Like we are all improving like mm-hmm. all the time after every project. Huge difference between paper cutter and jump seat. Definitely. Uh, and uh, on our end and his end. Yes. And it's so cool to see that cohesiveness go together. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so uh, we are finally ready to start showing jump seat to audiences Yay. and um obviously not all of you are in salt lake but we are going to be doing a premiere in salt lake on october 28th yes. um and we have some info about that yeah um that i forget what it is join us to screen jump seat at Bruvy cinema pub on october 28th at 8 p.m this is a 21 and up only event because it's got a, booze because it's got booze it's a, it's a bar theater it's really it's really fun and for salt lake it's pretty rare all proceeds will go towards helping us submit Jump Seat to more festivals and develop our next project, a feature film. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's our goal, right? And um, again, that is on Bruby Cinema Pub on Thursday, October 28th at 8 p.m. in and, Salt Lake City. Yeah, and to get tickets, you go to uh, jumpseatmovie.com. Uh, we also have some merchandise there. Um, again, all the proceeds go towards the, the same thing that the tickets do. But if you're able to join us there, that'd be fantastic. But I do also think we talked about this on the last podcast. I think once we've premiered it, uh, since... Uh, uh, you know, you are loyal listeners. We're going to find a way um, that you can uh, watch it online. Yeah. Um, it, you know, just especially we can't release it fully online because some film festivals have rules against that. But we want to give you guys um, a, a chance to see it since you've heard, heard us talk about it nonstop. Yeah. And if you are in Salt Lake, there's a promo code. There is a promo code. Yeah, that's right. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look it up. Let's uh, let's put it in the description. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll put the promo code in the description. We give you guys a, a bit of uh, a bit of a break on money since you are our loyal listeners. Yep. And we have if you go to the website too, there's some swag at the bottom. It's really cool. We've got swag. Swag. There's t-shirts from like the poster, uh, the logo. There's crew necks. There's hoodies. I'm I want all of them. Yeah, I'm probably gonna buy one of one of each. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. My sure. wife's gonna be like, "Why do you only wear jumpsuit gear yeah. now? <laughs> like, you only wear shirts with the Lexus face on them, <laughs> right?" I don't think she'd like that. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Jenny. Love you, Lexus. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. If you love what you heard, if you're still with us, go ahead and give us a rating or a 
review on your podcast listening platform of choice. Thanks for finishing my sentence. You betcha. That's how long we've known each other. That's how long we've known each other. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.